rock stars, roadies, or groupies were harmed in the making of this broadcast. Giving it to you straight and no chaser. This is On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson. Welcome to On the Rocks and hey, happy Chinese New Year, guys. It's the year of the tiger. Dun, 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 dun. All right, year of the tiger. And to usher in the Chinese New Year, we're shifting to alert level two, which of course restrictions are going to be easing up. The numbers are going down, thankfully, but but the virus is still out there. So be sure, please get vaccinated, get boosted, stay negative. Omicron is out there lurking. Apparently, there's a stealth Omicron. I don't know, man. Delta's just around the corner lurking. So be sure to follow all the safety protocols and be sure to stay safe and stay negative. All right, shouting out to our friends from Offshore Music. Got a lot of music coming out for you this year. Stay tuned. Um, thank you also to, so much to Buenos Dias, Panadiria. Uh, thank you so much for constantly sending me happiness. Happiness, happiness in the form of your Milo buns. Thank you also to our friends from Liquor.ph who are really busy this week with their fundraiser for Odette. Now check out their website, Liquor.ph, or check out their social media pages. They're very, very friendly, and they've got the best bottles and bundles deals for you. No matter where you go, man, these guys have got you covered. Thank you also to our partners, Collab Asia, and of course, Anchor Podcasts. Now, guys, have you ever wanted to make a podcast but just couldn't get your shit together? Well, look no further because there's this great app called Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast on your computer or straight from your phone. All the creation tools you need in one place plus an idiot-proof interface makes it a one-stop shop. It's the easiest way to make a podcast on your computer or straight from your phone. All the creation tools you need in one place Hey, man, it's never been easier to create, publish, and distribute whatever your dirty minds want to say. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast, man. Smooth like butter, baby. And now tonight, we continue with our collaboration with our featured partner, which is Archipelago. Now, this is an amazing initiative from the Philippine Creative Industries and is spearheading practical education in the arts and their related support systems, bridging the gap between the academic and the actual experience in working in the arts by providing fundamental classes and courses taught by mentors who have not only been working in the business but also succeeding in their respective fields. As a specialized online learning platform, you can take creative courses that range from songwriting to recording, musical theater to guitar improvisation, producing records to music analytics to content creation, production and artist management, effective screenwriter, and a whole lot more. These guys are amazing. Now tonight, we have one of their mentors on the show who has spent the past 30 years in various fields in media and film, and he's been teaching at the De La Salle College of St. Benilde, where he was the founder and former chairperson of the Digital Filmmaking Program. He's a former vice head of the National Committee on Cinema of the National Commission for Culture and the Arts and the author of The Media Kit, a frame-by-frame guide to visual production, as well as a, he's also a contributor 
to the Encyclopedia of Philippine Art for the CCP. He's teaching a course for Archipelago called Make Things Happen, an intro to production management. Please welcome a guy who certainly made a lot of amazing things happen. He's a producer, writer, director, corporate trainer, event host, underwater photographer, and all-around crazy and creative guy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jag Garcia. Yay! Hey, thanks for that, Jamie. Thanks for having me here. Hi, everybody out there. And uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks again, Jamie. I'm, I'm so pumped to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a really, fan. I'm really happy that you, that, that, that you are now on this show because, man, it's been years since we've spoken. If, for you guys watching out there, yeah. man, Jack and I were classmates in what, grade school to high school? Grade school to high school. Uh, and... Something like five years ago. Yeah. So just, just yeah. a couple it's of years so, ago, so, right? It's yeah. so recent, right? Yeah, it's so recent. <laughs> I don't know how I developed to grow a full beard in my teens. No, that, that, that stuff happens overnight. You know, that's, that's, that's adulting for you. You know, you grow a beard all of a sudden and it's like, oh, this is what growing up's being about. Yeah, cool. There, so. Dude, Jag, how has the pandemic been treating you? I mean, we're, we're going on like two years, like full yeah, on. You know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound like, like, like an ass, right? But it's actually been good for me. Um. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned that I've been teaching for, for quite a while now. So, yeah, when the, when the pandemic hit, uh, we had to literally shift gears uh, overnight to the online medium, right? But the thing is, I've always been into educational technology yeah. for quite a while. My shift, my personal shift, wasn't big. It was not a huge adjustment for me. I, I just rolled with it. And so I've been keeping busy with, with helping everybody else adapt. Uh, the Department of Education came over and said, look, you know, we're bringing into modules and all of this stuff. And we need to teach all of these creative classes, media for my, in my case. Uh, we got to move into that. So, so yeah, you know, it's been, it's been, I've been pretty busy for the past couple of years. Uh, writing, writing instructional materials, uh, doing workshops for for uh, not just teachers, but students as well. You know, it's been, but everything's been online. I miss people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, seeing people face-to-face, -face, actually face-to-face -face with them smiling. Yeah. Which the so, only opportunity I get to do that now is when we're at shoots and everybody's tested and then the talent is going on for a take or, you know, when I'm testing people, I'm like, hey, man, you know, as a safety officer, you're like, oh, it's finally nice to put a, a, a face to the mask. You know what I mean? That's how it is. That's how it is. But it's quite interesting when you say you know you've you you you've never been busier because I've been going through the same thing. I've I've actually been busier during the pandemic um, as compared to even my busiest year in theater and events. Um, and I think what the pandemic has brought us is an uh, an opportunity, I guess, to to reinvent ourselves, to transform ourselves, and also I think what's nice about it. I mean, not not that you know it's all bed you know bed of roses, right? True. But, it's it's also given us an opportunity to figure out what we really want to do. It's, and, it's yeah, that's what it is. It's yeah, figuring out what you want to do. Um, it hasn't been without its challenges. I mean, that's the truth. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, like you know, today today you're thinking about plants and you're taking care of plants, and the next month it's those plants are dead and you don't care. It's it's been really weird, and um, you know baking bread and then not baking bread and cooking stuff yeah. and not cooking stuff. And I was like, Oh, wow. But yeah, you're right. You know, you, you're, you're, you're trying to find, I think it's forced everyone to, yeah. to, to, to unconsciously start kind of figuring out, okay, you're stuck at home many more hours than, than you thought you wanted to. 
Now what? And work's changed. Uh, yeah, you you know you know that for certain. Work, the nature of work has changed. Yes. The the value of work has changed. Um, what it is that we can do to contribute to the economy and our personal economies has just shifted. And and yeah. so wow, you know, uh, it's I know it's tough for a lot of people. Uh, but but I think those that that kind of snap out of that that funk the soonest are the ones that get to move on the fastest and, and do something with their lives. It's, it's nice. Early on when, um, when, the, uh, when the pandemic hit and we were worried about, you know, what, what's going to happen. And I didn't believe it was going to be only for two weeks. Like when, when it first, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not buying that, yeah. you know? And you start thinking because like a lot of things got removed from my plate. All my shows were canceled. You know, everything, everything was basically, you know, the, a big unknown. And, when you and I hate to use this word it's so overused, but when when you pivot, when you figure out a pivot on what are you gonna do now, it's interesting because there's so many choices. I took I took yeah. filmmaking classes, I took screenwriting classes, but it didn't take because I'm a I, I have to be on the ground, you mm-hmm. know. So I have to be out there. So when I transitioned into being a safety officer, I've actually been busier than ever, and I've actually seen more places in the Philippines um, <laughs> because of all my location shoots. So it's like, hey, I've never traveled so much, you know. In a normal year, uh, with theater, you're also that you're you're so tied to all these, um, you know, rehearsals in Manila, etc. Yeah, so yeah. You're like for film shoots, you're like, hey, man, I've never been here. This is amazing. But the nature of film was so interesting for me because I'm from theater, so it was also learning how a film set works, which is you know insane. It's a completely different animal. And you've got a lot of experience in that. When did you start getting into this? Oh, okay. Um, when did I start? Let's, let's begin. <laughs> um, let's start okay. at the very beginning. <laughs> let's, let's start at the very beginning. Okay. Um, it was, um, I've always wanted to be a pilot. It, that's, yes, that's the story. That's what okay. I remember. Yeah. Okay. I want to be a pilot. Ta-da. And then uh, at the time, you know, back in the dark ages, um, the the only real viable flying school, uh, you know, and then get a job after that was the Philippine Airlines Flying School, right? So PAL Flying School. And then they required, they were not a college degree. They required a college degree before you enter the flying school. So, okay, I'm like, cool, you know, we'll, we'll do college and then we'll, we'll fly, go fly a kite, right? Uh, and it was in high school. Uh, when when they when they were making us take those aptitude tests and all that stuff like that, and it started and the the tests were saying that I had an aptitude for public relations, media, communications, things like that. Um, you know, apparently I talked a lot, so <laughs> so the teachers yes, were not lying. Yes, about you that, did. Right? Yes, yeah, you the, did. <laughs> the teachers, our teachers, were not lying about that. You know, I thought they were just exaggerating. So okay, so. So I went into a communications course for college, figured um, if the pilot thing didn't pan out, at least there was something to fall back on, you know, a real job afterwards, uh, going to TV or something. And it was, and I joined theater uh, in college, um, and it was during one of those rehearsals, and I was in the production crew, so I wasn't acting at the time. Uh, I stepped out of the rehearsal venue and I saw a bunch of upperclassmen shooting a short film for their project. And they said, hey, you're, you're, you're in communications, right? I said, yeah, you want to help out? I said, yeah, sure. And I helped. And, you know, I never looked back. 
it was, I was like, wow, this is, you, you know, it's amazing. And look, this is three people with an, uh, a late 80s, early 90s circa video camera and a tripod and like two other people acting for them. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. It was a total blast. And, and yeah, you know, it's been production life ever since. I mean, not just exclusively in film. Uh, I, was in, I was in my second year college when uh, a bunch of friends of mine, uh, we were all in theater group together, uh, basically said, uh, you know, what are we going to do with our lives? Uh, we don't know what we're going to do with our lives. And we put up our production house. We put up our own studio. And we started to do TV shows. We started to do a lot of corporate videos. Uh, wow. And that was it. That was, that was, that was it. Uh, I did a stint in, in films. I did stint. I did stints in in live events, uh, some advertising, and all of that. But yeah, it's been a pretty wild nineties. Uh, it was a pretty wild nineties for sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it just just carried on. Uh, I started teaching in two thousand, but I haven't really left production either. You know, it's writing, doing events, doing the odd shoot here and there. Uh, short film here and there, or a full length here and there, and that was it. Yeah. And amazingly, like it's it's funny when you when you think, oh, because uh, that was always drummed into my head. I've always wanted to be in theater, right? Yeah, you you grew up and in the theater. Literally. I grew up in theater, so this is this is gonna be my track. I loved it. Didn't want to do anything else, you know. And until I realized that theater did not pay you back then, theater did not pay you enough to actually <laughs> make a living. So you had to do all these other things, right? Oh, it, it, it pays you enough to make a living now. Um, well, before the pandemic, yes, man. But oh, only, if you're doing, only if you're doing back-to-back shows. Oh, okay. That's the thing. So it's, it was very interesting when growing up um, in theater, you, there weren't a lot of roles for kids. So basically, mm-hmm. I got shifted since my sister's going to be in the play or something. You know, my mom's like, oh, why don't we just learn how to do crew, technicals, do the lights, do the sounds, sell programs, okay. be an usher. You know, so basically, you know, sew costumes, make sets. And so in my, in, my, in my world, it was also being a part of the magic, even if you weren't on stage. And then that's when you realize that everybody behind, there's a team of 100 people making one guy look and sound good. Yeah. You know? And that's the most amazing thing because as an actor, you don't really, and if you were just doing acting, you didn't really realize how much effort it took until you actually did it. Like mm-hmm. staying up all night focusing this one light to create this one perfect moment, you know? And I must say, you know, leading into, leading into the topic of your class, um, but the, when I, the one and only time I became a production manager, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Because basically you were in charge of everything, you know? All the scheduling, all, I hated the idea that I was playing with money that, that wasn't mine. And I had to be very judicious on what to spend on what. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? How much to spend on what? And that, I think, when now, you know, with years of experience working with some amazing production managers, that's an art form on its own. Because if you don't know what you're doing, that can make or break an entire production. People's time, people's effort, people's, um, um, you know, energy, even their talents, and, of course, the money, you know. Um the one thing is with with your class going into your class. I'm going to jump right into your class. You know, sure, sure. I can't, I can't, I cannot think of a title better enough. You know, better than your title of making making things happen. 
And yeah. how did you come up with this? Why, why did you want to teach this particular track, an introduction to production management? Um, well, one, we have to start somewhere, right? Uh, well, I guess talking also to the, to the team uh, behind Archipelago, right? We were, we were discussing what, what options were available. Uh, they were talking to me about the platform and, and you know, what they wanted to do, right? The truth of the matter is, when it comes to the filmmaking aspect itself, you know, the shooting, the framing, the composition, camera work, and all of that, even the post-production, the editing, go on YouTube. There are hundreds of hours, thousands maybe of hours worth of material on all that. Funny thing is, there isn't really much about, you know, so, so, so you know, Gary's staying on that, right? The, the, that's the easy part. You learn it. In fact, Kids nowadays literally pick up a camera, a phone camera or a digital yeah. camera and, and just kind of know it. They, they know it. It's, it's, they figured it out. That's not the issue. But what happens next? What happens when I really want to make a film or really want to make a blog or a vlog or, 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 or a podcast or something? That's when the management part comes in. So that's, that's the big thing. And there are nowhere near as many YouTube videos on production management as the production itself wow. uh film schools are are sadly few and far in between in the philippines it's it's let's let's put let's start with that right there are uh right now about five or six degree conferring film schools in the country mm. right uh and we're talking the country and when you when you break down oh so where are these five or six schools right they're Metro Manila and in Cebu, period. Wow. So, so you know, if you're living in Mindanao, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. You have exactly. no options. No options. If um, there are schools, uh, you know, and, and props to them, that are taking up the cudgels for film education. But because they're not, you know, they're, they have communications, com arts programs, and all of that, that are kind of moving into that. But their curriculum will have, let's say, three units, six units, maybe nine on introduction to film. Because these were curricula that were written, let's say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Or the, the government policy, the government framework, the CHED framework for, for communication courses only give them three, six, nine units of allowance for film. So there is only so much you can teach in management, in the management aspect, in making yes. things happen. Yes. So, uh, you know, they teach, of course, the framing. The, 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 they have to spend time teaching framing, how to make the film, how to shoot it, how to act, how to do this, how to light it, how to edit. So what suffers? The running, the management. And what happens is um, a lot of kids also, you're growing up, I want to be a director. I want to be a star. Yeah. That's always the emphasis, right? I want to be a director. I want to be a cinematographer. Be. I want to be, go. you know. And then, but... You know, we we have, especially in the Philippines, we have, you know, what they say, tatlo benchinko for artistas, you know. It's like everybody, my, my God. It's like even if you're not an actor in this country, you're overly dramatic. I mean, that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah, us that's, as a nation, that's, right? Yeah, that's inherent in us. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's us, you know. You're, you're, not, you're not a Filipino if you are not overly dramatic about everything. So that's that, that. And then, of course, directors, you know, which means that the people that want to run, the overly dramatic people. Yes. 
But ask the anybody in the industry, and you know, was it what are they, we desperate for? I said, we need production managers. Yeah. We need producers. We need, yeah. um, and when I say producers, not the people that chuck out money. You know, producers, people that make things happen, people that yes. op, that run the sets, that run projects, that do uh, that, do, that figure out all the nuts and bolts and that, yes. schedules, and you know, I mean, basically, how many people have to eat? How many people there have to? Be nowadays during the pandemic, how many people have, people have to get tested? You know what I mean. All that is a very, very daunting task. I mean, remember, I remember the good old days when when uh, we would um, put, you know, sorry to say it, sorry to make it sound, you know, um, exploitative, but you know, the the lower in rank you were on the crew list. You know, you were stuffed in. There were more of you that were stuffed into rooms, into, into accommodation. <laughs> yes. When we would be on location, right? I mean, if you were if you were the poor schlep that that mixed coffee, for instance, or filed papers, there was probably going to be like twenty of you in a room. Yeah. And but people, that's that's how people lived back then. You know, that's that's how our lives were. Uh, you'd be two, three, four, five of you in a room. Now you can't just simply do that. Yeah, you can't. You know, now now you've got. You know, once upon a time, only the big stars could say, hey, I want my own room. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course, you're the big star. Yeah. Now it's like halfway down the crew list, everybody's still demanding and they can demand it. Yes. Because you're, you're, you're going up against something that, that's, that's just beyond us, beyond being human. Yeah, I mean that's a health and safety risk. I mean, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm managing, that's why I think production management is so important. Because that's the first question I ask. When people approach me for a project, I get to know the PM first. Mm-hmm. Because without the PM, I can't do my job. I can't do my job well as a safety officer on set, even as an actor on set. Because if you don't know how to write schedules, you know oh, yeah. Yeah. then I'm not going to know where to go, what time to be there, what am I going to prepare for. You know what I mean? And I think production managers are so important. And, you know, it has, it has um, I guess, uh, grown into... Um, into something more than their usual jobs now because of the pandemic. Now you have so many things to consider. And I think the, the, very, the very few production managers that I've, I've had the good fortune to work with, um, even I, I, love, I love it when, when I'm asking a question, yung hindi patapos yung question ko may sagot na. Yeah. And it's the correct answer. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I want to work with you all the time. You That's know? the job. That's the job. <laughs> The worst part is when I when I hear uh, I'll get back to you or hindi ko pa alam. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> are there now, are are there any requirements um, to join your class? Oh, to join my class? Yeah. Um, no. In terms of in terms of requirements for joining a class, no. Um, but you you have to you have to come in. You know, and anybody who's coming in has to understand that this is not a creative course. Mm. Not in the sense that, oh, I'm going to write a script. Or, yes. or if you're the type of person that I have to be followed mm-hmm. uh, creatively. Or this is my vision. This is my story. Nobody can touch it. Yeah. This is not your class. But if you want to understand how films are made, even if you're a director, even if you're a writer, even if you're an editor. But, you know, well, Jamie, you know this. Uh in, in production, you know, if you're part of a big production, you will have this little tiny job and that's what you do, yeah. right? But the smaller the projects become, the smaller the productions become, the more you take on. So yes. one of these days, the director also has to be the one to manage the project, also has to be the producer and talk to clients and talk, yeah. you know, and, and uh, 
you know, you're the director and you're the one going to the bank to withdraw money to pay people at the end of the shoot. You know, it's, that's not your job. But there's five of you on the crew mm. and three of them are not, you know, are not supposed to be carrying money around from yes. place to place. So, yes. so that, that's, that's, that's what I say. Everybody is actually very welcome. If, you're, if you have any interest in production, film events, advertising, corporate films, attend the class. Because it becomes it begins there when you understand the the crap that the production manager has to deal with, then you understand how all of that translates into the camera, in front of the camera, how it translates mm. to every light that we switch on, yes. to where we shoot, every every godforsaken piece of grassland that you find in the <laughs> middle of Tarlac or or Nueva Ecija, because you can't find any grasslands in in Metro Manila without buildings in the background, you know, things like that are, are, but it's fun. The thing is, you can get awards for everything. Yeah. I mean, they, they award everything nowadays. If you're five years old and you show up at the competition, you'll get a little medal for showing up. Yes. You know, okay. But there are no awards for, for production managers. Yeah. So, it's the same thing with stage managers as well in theater. There are no awards. Like no we awards. call, and that's sh- shouting out now to Ed Murillo. We we call him the national artist for stage management because he's just the <laughs> national artist for stage management. He shows up in the room, and I'm like, ah, we're taken care of. We're you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about shit if Ed Murillo comes in. You know. So, well, since we're shouting out, also we're shouting out to Adrian. Aids, we're ignoring you. Yeah, okay. Adrian, stay away from the from the comments box. Stay yeah, far we're, away. Yeah, we're, we're ignoring your comments because we know you're going to troll us. No. <laughs> but the amazing thing about production management is that you, you know, as, as, a, as a person who grew up in theater and figured out all the jobs, right, because mm-hmm. there weren't roles for me on stage, it was quite interesting because I would say production management is a very creative field because you get to talk and deal with absolutely all the departments. You have to yeah. figure out how, how an actor is going to do his job, how the technicals are going to do their job, how the marketing is going to do their job. The marketing affects you because if you don't have enough money for the budget for your production, then yep. you have to go to the director and say, direct, we, we don't have enough lights for you. You know, you, this moment that you want, we can't, we can't give you that because, you know, the marketing says we, don't, we only have this, this budget. It's such a creative field because yes, you're not. You may not be writing a script, but my God, the 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 papers that you do write, eventually, you know, when you, when you do write them well in an ever changing landscape in, in both theater and film and other um, events, as a production manager, it becomes the bible. Yeah, like a master list. This is I I encountered a production manager in a shoot where, you know, the 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 master list that they gave me had only first names. And I'm like, eh, paano kung may tatlong John? Paano kung may ta- which John am I talking to? You know, as a safety officer. <laughs> yeah. Right? This is not a master list. A master list is, that's why it's called the master list, is because I have all the details. This is the person. This is their job. This is how many on their team. This is where they're staying. This is when they're going to eat. You know what I mean? Down to, down to the most basic requirement in any endeavor is like the meals. Food yes. flow, the first time I managed food flow, I died. When I realized just how many people have to eat at a certain time. 
And then you have now, of course, syempre, medyo maarte tayo ngayon, di ba? We have dietary restrictions. Back in the day, walang ganon. Wala, wala, wala ganon. You eat what's in front of you. Yeah, you eat what you're given. That's it. Boom, we have 30 minutes for lunch and we're going back on the set. You know? But what's what's amazing about this is that I think you're right. You know, if 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 you are interested in, you know, as a director, as you know, in any department in the film, um, if you're interested in how things work, or even how to deal with your production manager, I think it's important to take your class. Yeah, it's you know, well, at the risk of sounding like I'm you know, tooting my own horn, yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's eye-opening. Um, Remember, I said that you know I started uh, with my friends and I started our own production company, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. You know, I'm I'm the I'm the communications major. I'm gonna be a director. That was that was the thing. Until you kind of realize that you know my other buddies that were in marketing and they were not communications major didn't actually know how to run a production. So you had to run that production yourself, and it it just sounds so easy. When you think about it or when you say it, oh, I'm going to shoot a film. Oh, I'm going to, you know, oh, you need a video? Yeah, you know, any idiot and his uncle can make a video. Yeah. Yes. But until such time that, you know, I had I had my crew stop working at lunch. Because this was a, this was one of my earlier shoots. This, 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 this is like on my, you know, ingrained into my bones now. It was it was very early in my career. I was directing and production managing, huh? huh? Ooh, wow. I rock like that, right? <laughs> and so I'm 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 directing the project, right? And and because I'm directing, I'm busy directing, I'm busy making sure that the shots are good, blah blah blah, right? I was delayed in sending the van out to get food. And so, you know, yes, I remember, oh, wait, 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 you know, crap, what time is it? You know, so send the van out, send the, send the production assistant out, go get lunch for everybody, uh, come back. And at about 12, 12, 15, we're still rolling, right? We're still going yeah. on. And, I'm, you know, as soon as the, the, the van arrives, we're going to eat. Oh, my crew just stopped. I mean, suddenly it's like, uh, yeah, you know, where, where's my camera team? Where's my, you know, and they're all sitting there and, and on the side. They weren't on strike or anything. They just... Yeah, it's not working. And the PA was kind of kind of said, uh, you know, they're they're resting because they haven't had lunch. It's like, okay, uh, everybody will wait for the van to arrive and eat and and yeah, you know, there were no classes. To prepare Even in you, college, for this. there was there was no prepare, production yeah. management class per se to to prepare you for this for this prepare. eventuality. Yeah, it, it's and funny it's, with it, the... go go go. It's funny when you say, like, I forgot to send the van out for lunch. And then people stop because they're tired because they haven't eaten, right? Yeah. That that instance alone can not only affect the physical health of people, right? Because people are hungry, right? It can also yeah. affect tempers. It can yeah. also affect morale, you know? it can all, And that, that will color the rest of the day. Like when breakfast is late. I mean, you start at, like, the wee hours in the morning. When breakfast is late. That colors your entire day, yeah. and the, the the one thing that production managers, um, the 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 newbies, right? Since they really don't know what they're doing um, yet, they don't realize that time is actually your enemy. Always, 
So every minute you're delayed will will basically cost you an hour rolling. You know? And then your overtime, and then you know the the producers have to shell out more money because oh we have to add another day, you know all these. It, it's a very intricate dance that requires a really good choreographer. And I would say the production manager is the choreographer because yeah. without 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 the choreographer, oh everybody's just dancing, 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 dancing. Are you are we even listening to the same song? This is the mm-hmm. song. This is when you come in. This is when you leave. This is what you have to do. And I think it's very important. I, I, I would expect that it is um, a creative field as it well because you, you have so many elements to juggle. It is. It, it, it's creative in the sense that you're a problem solver. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, you know, let's, let's take this opportunity to say that just because you're not writing or directing or composing a song doesn't mean you are not creative because the most creative people on the planet and in throughout history have been those that solve problems or found ways to solve problems. And, and that includes mathematicians and engineers yeah. and architects, you know, people that were not traditionally seen as artists and because artistry is different from creativity. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's an incredibly creative project and, and, and role because you gotta, you gotta find a way, thing, way to make things happen. And also you have to deal with all these people. You have to deal with egos. You have to deal with hierarchy. You know, you have to deal with... I mean, like, I, I really appreciate production managers who will treat the director the same way as they treat the guy making Timbla the Coffee. Because yeah. basically, in their, in, their, in their minds, everybody is important. Because if I don't have anybody making coffee, that will seriously affect that's, me. That's, yes. <laughs> that there, you know what I mean? That case, like the second most important person on the team, you know. Seriously, the director has his vision. That vision ain't gonna happen if there's no coffee. <laughs> it's as simple as that, you know. What's amazing is like, okay, so I, I want to congratulate you about uh, for for your uh, animated film, I Labyrinth. Um, it I I saw your post um, last year. This is 2021 when you when you when you first posted it. You you gave us teasers, pa. Right? Yeah, and this film went on to become the official part of the official selection of the Paradise and Valencia film festivals, and yeah. the Orquieta film festival mm-hmm. as well. There's a quote, and I can't wait. I haven't seen it, but Jag thankfully sent me the link. But there's this quote from the descriptions that really, really hit me. Um, it, uh, and I'll read you the quote. Okay, I Labyrinth is the pilgrim's journey to the center. Within is a mystery that beckons. Within may be an answer to his questions. And that, for me, can pretty much, you know, sum up most everybody's journeys during this pandemic. <laughs> really, what are we all about? What, what, uh, what's going to happen? And all these questions can only be answered from within. What kind of person you are, right? Mm-hmm. And what your journey would be like. Now, this was your first animated film. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. And how was that? What kind of unique challenges did you face in terms of, you know, doing your first animated film? First of all, mad, crazy, overwhelming respect for animators. Um, I don't know how many times I want to just chuck my laptop <laughs> out the window, you know. Um, it was, it was, and I didn't even do the art. I mean, you know, I I have to I have to give props to to the person who actually came up with the story. Yeah. Uh, this is Yvonne Limsui. 
it was her story. It was her original art. Uh, it came from a book that she was she was entering into a competition, a, a little uh, silent silent book. They call it silent book competition. And I fell in love with the story, and I asked her, look, because uh, she was asking me advice on the storytelling and the story flow. And I said, I fell in love with it. And I said, look, can I turn this into an animated film using your art, of course? And she said, yes. So there you go. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I have never been so alone working on a film project <laughs> in my life. Uh, and, and it was, um, Yvonne and I have never met in person. Wow. Because she was my student in, in a pandemic class. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, and my, my team and I, I, I was able to put together a very small team, uh, a couple of assistant, assistant directors to just look over my shoulder and see if I was screwing things up. Uh, a couple of my other students came in and said, yeah, we're, we're more than willing to do your sound design. And another student came in for, to do the music. So all of that, that was, that was amazing. But we'd never actually all been in the same room together. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's bizarre. But yeah, super mad respect for animators. The, the discipline was, was, wow, the discipline involved was amazing. You, you've been on film sets. You know how you can kind of wake up in the morning, you know, kind of stretch and say, okay, I'm feeling this much today. Yeah. And you can kind of, you know, pump yourself up or drop yourself down, whether breakfast is late or it's a beautiful sunrise or you had an amazing take. And, you know, this one, I'm in front of my computer on my own. Wow. Um, making that thing happen. Uh, if I don't discipline myself and say, okay, you do this, or you try to hit X amount of seconds today, or you try to uh, finish this sequence or this shot, you're, you know, that's why it took, um, from writing till, till the end, it took about five months. To, that's, to that's, that's still pretty awesome, though, five months. That's, well, that's yeah. fairly quick. Fairly quick in the sense that, you know, but yeah, it's, it's only a 10 minute. And can you imagine if it was full length, you'd be like, ah, no, 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 it was, but it was crazy. But I did discover one thing about animation and, um, and this, this was a jolt for me for, as a filmmaker, um, I did not have any excuses. And that was that was both a that was that was a two two uh, a double sided sword. Yeah. I don't have excuses, and I don't have excuses. So, and what I mean by that is, uh, if there was a shot or something that I wanted to achieve, I didn't have excuses because nothing none of this exists in the real world. There were no yeah. physics involved. So, if I wanted a shot that did this, I I I could do it. It could be done. Yes. Likewise, if you needed a shot to do something, or if this required a particular shot, you know, this this requires a close-up. You cannot do this without a close-up. I don't have an excuse. Make that close-up. But it doesn't yeah. look as good, or it doesn't like look so what? You can't say that, oh, I don't have the right lens for it. I don't, you know, the location's not allowing me to get closer. Screw that. Everything is happening in a non-physical world. So make it happen. 
make it make it you know find a way and i probably spent out of that four or five months of production probably a month and a half at least you know of machine time figuring things out uh how to do this effect how to do that shot like that i i think that would be an incredible challenge because basically as you were saying earlier it was you and your laptop and then zoom calls with with the team right it's very very different i i can't imagine the kind like you were saying the discipline that you needed to actually get up and do this because you didn't technically have people it's different when you're in a film set and people are actually waiting on you they're like hey hey they're there now i not ready in frame i i have to be there you know what i mean physically there and also being around other people in a creative environment like face to face right you actually get to feed off the energy of everybody else and somehow rally that energy up in this particular um situation it was you in front of your computer yeah that's insane it's i know that's why i i I, and for people that do this for a living you know especially in this pandemic setup when you're when you're forced to move away from your studios you're saying uh, even animators someone when they work in a studio there's three four five seven twenty of you on the floor and you're all you know feeding off that kind of energy and then suddenly you're all ripped out from each other's thing and you're working and all i could do is the best i could do was 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 uh put on some classic rock or put on some you know some some motown some funky thing just to get some really good beats going and and that was it you know okay talking about go talk about music all right music what music do you generally listen to well i um it's a mood thing you know uh it can range from anything from acapella from college acapella things all the way through to you know sometimes it's just binaural beats just just drones that that help help you focus but um a lot of um a lot of ilab was was produced with uh, uh, a, a combination of Motown, funk, uh, classic rock, um, non-synthesizer, uh, ah. jazz guitar, twanging, um, kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, that's great. I'm a big fan of Motown and funk. And rock. I mean, that's what I listen to primarily, pretty much every day. Um, that's another. That's another good thing, actually. That that's come out of the pandemic. Um, being a theater person, uh, especially with the you know the emergence of musical theater, mm-hmm. um, when everybody's doing a lot of musical theater, I'm always busy learning the songs for the next show. So I actually don't get to listen to music that I want to listen to. And when all my shows oh. were canceled, I'm like, hey, I get to do that now. So that was one of the, a plus during the pandemic. But going to iLab, um, how how did you manage the music creation of this and the, the sound design for this? Um, okay, uh, Yvonne uh, had a classmate as well. Uh, this this wonderful young lady, uh, Tala Hill, mm-hmm. um, who I discovered literally after I finished production, when I was typing up the credits and, and she said her dad helped her uh, on on some stuff. And I said, look, I'd have to put your dad's name in the credits and what's your dad's name? And, she, and you know, she never got back to me what your dad's name was until much later. So I researched. I started stalking her on Facebook and figuring out that her dad is Dan Hill. <laughs> you know? So I was like, 
okay then. Uh, <laughs> but but she's an architecture major. But she's she's uh, she's on Spotify as well. Uh, Lafertala Hill. Anyway, she did she, she did the music for this. Um, again, for for absolutely nothing. She did it because she's friends of Yvonne. She, she did it because she liked the project. Nobody got anything out of it. I sent them some thank you gifts, but you know nobody made any money out of it. Yeah. So uh, they all joined because the project came in. So she did that. Then I had a couple of students, um, a tandem, um, Tyrone and Siron, no, not related. <laughs> they did the sound design for this one as well. Um, again, uh, I, I pitched the project to them. I said, this is, you know, you know you're not going to get anything. Uh, you're going to get a clap from me and my undying love. And you get to work with your teacher, which may or may not be a weird thing. <laughs> but uh, but are you cool with this? Are you game with it? And they said, yeah. You know, they they watched the the audio guys, especially the the sound design guys, watched the rough cuts, and they said, yeah, we're in, we're game, we're good. Nice. And nice. yeah, I think I think it matters also. Like I've done, I don't know how many projects I've done just for the beer. You know, uh-huh. that's, that's what I call them. It's just for the beer, you know, and it's because essentially it's a great project and it's going to be fun. And I always go into things where I'm going to learn something. And mm-hmm. even if it's in your field, right, there's always something new to learn, um, especially with the, the practical application. You can go as theoretical as you want, but then guys, all of a sudden, if you give me a deadline, boom, I'm there. Because everything else, it's floating in the ether. It's just theoretical. Yeah. Oh, it's a what if. But if you give me a project and a deadline, then it's going to happen. Because that's when you start moving. There are people, there are expectations. There's a schedule to follow and all that. Um, in, 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 taking on, in taking on, like for example, working with your students. Um, maybe I should ask them what their biggest challenge was because maybe it was you. <laughs> but, what was your, but what was your, big, your biggest challenge? In, in terms of dealing, in working your, with your students and running, I, I assume, a professional atmosphere? Well, um, oh, biggest challenge, because I was able to kind of handpick them. Uh, I, had a, I, had a pretty, I had a pretty pretty solid team behind me, very independent group of kids. But uh, I think the biggest challenge was that I had to consciously remember that a lot of the things that I already take for granted because of just so many years of experience yeah. are things that they had not yet undergone. It's just, it's just not part of their worlds just yet. So yeah. it, and th- these things would manifest themselves in time, in um, you know, managing deadlines, for instance, or uh, sometimes just shortcuts. Little shortcuts, you know, if I do this like this, like this, then I don't have to do that later on. Mm. And some of the reactions are like, oh, I can see. It's like, yes, you know, sorry I didn't share that outright. It's just something that I figured out. I stumbled upon one time, you know, 15 years ago or something, you know, and it just clicks and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that again next time. (laughs) You know, and and I guess it's a maturity thing. But, uh, the challenge, of course, was the fact that I wasn't paying them as a crew. Mm. Was, uh, was I had to also hold back with being some demanding ass uh, or, or saying, you know, 
you're doing it wrong. Can you can you do this revision for like 50th time? Yeah. And when I would give revisions, I tried to be as nice as humanly possible. And but uh, but also I know that you know if I'm not happy with it, then you know yes I was nice to them and I was you know I was trying to couch things and then because I'm not paying them. But if I'm not happy with it, then I'm not happy with it. So uh, I had to find that that okay uh, phrase it nicely or bunch them all together or even at some point okay I'll compromise on that in exchange for getting this done. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll take that. I'll take a hit on that, but we do this. I need this this way. So I I think I think it was I think it was a good uh, good thing. Um, we we did cross over finals at some point, especially towards the end of the production when when the audio things were score the musical score was coming in and the audio design was coming in the sound design was coming in. I was working already on the final edits. You're tweaking. We're tweaking frames here, not not even yeah. minutes. We're tweaking frames. Wow! And and it's final season. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my crew is like, it's like, yeah, I'm just finishing a project. No, 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 don't go do that. Do that. Just just, <laughs> just do your thing. You know, do your thing. You know, uh, finish your project. We'll talk later, or we'll we'll do this later. We'll do this afterwards. So yeah, that was. <laughs> What what could have been done in a, let's say a week, you know, probably we got stretched over three weeks. Well, because you have finals. I mean, everything yeah, stops for finals. Yeah. So we couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Now that's sacred. That's sacred. I I did give them that. I didn't want to be this again. You know, oblivious, clueless. It's because you're a teacher too. You give finals. Yeah. Because you know, when the kids have finals, I have something to check. So yeah, I have work too. True. Now, so, yeah. when you were when you were saying that you would, you know, I I love I love that whole um, chunk of like, oh, I'm gonna compromise on this. If you give me this, you know, and that also, in a nutshell, I think stems from the problem problem solving um, aspect of being a production manager. Yeah, because that's 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 constantly every single day. I cannot tell you how many times that that um, situation comes up to a production manager, and she has to deal with like okay, or he has to deal with giving the director their shot and fulfilling his vision. But making sure all the elements are affordable, accessible, mm-hmm. possible, you know, and there are compromises to be made. And yep. I think that dealing with your students in that sense, um, uh, where, you know, you, you, you can be nice to them, but if your final vision being the director is not going to be, if you're not, like you said, if you're not happy with it, you're not happy with it, right? It's also yeah. a good way to train them. Um, because I mean, as an as an audio engineer working in advertising back in the day and on albums as well, you know, when you come back with the fiftieth revision, uh, it's 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 a pain in the ass. It really is a pain in the ass. But if the person you're dealing with sells it to you in a good way, then okay, yeah, you're right. This will make the whole song sound better, you know. And I really like the way you're, you're saying that you're going to bundle. You're going to bundle. Like when you give your notes, and I really appreciate this about, you know, from directors on down, right? When you give your notes, give it all in one go. So that, okay, I can actually fix this so that the next run we have, I will get all your notes in. If you give me notes one by one by one by one, it gets terribly frustrating. Because then, you know, you have to fight against the idea that, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Or I'm, you know, I, am I not, am, am I not delivering? You know, there's also that human aspect 
of the insecurity of like, why am I even doing this? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's one little thing every day. If you can give me 10 in one day, then okay, I'll have a clear idea of what I need to do. And I, I think that's, that's, that's amazing that you actually managed this you know, on top of finals, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> on top of finals and got into festivals. And that's that's incredible. Are you are you are you are you happy with it? Are you really happy? Is there anything you would do different with the film? Yeah. Um, the film and the process of the film. Wow, that's a really good question. I have never thought about it that way. Wait, let me give me a second. No, I mean, yeah, there were things I'd do different, possibly. Um, Maybe have brought in a slightly, uh, slightly larger crew in the sense that, um, for instance, I was using Yvonne's art. Uh, it's it's essentially her art direction, um, and then mine. You know, my my interpretation of her work because she she came from from uh, cutouts and I had to animate it right. Yeah. But uh, I may I may probably have or should have or could have or would have brought in. A professional art director, somewhere, someone in between, who would have said, "Okay, let's get this, and we will do it this way, so that on a technical level, the animation part it works, it functions." Uh, think mm-hmm. set carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between a set carpenter and a, just a regular carpenter. It's that yeah. kind of thinking process. Yeah. So, um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, do something different in the sense that there were whole sequences. Uh, I don't know how visible it will be. Maybe if you're if you're really really good at After Effects, you'll probably notice it. But when when you really 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 study each section of the film, some of it will actually look and feel different in terms of timing, in terms of of the way the animation was done, and all of that. Because I was literally learning these things along the way, uh-huh. and. I was just already so tired and had so much more to go that when I learned something new, let's say in shot number 60, I would not go back to shot number 12 and revise that shot. Uh, the way I did it in 12, I'll keep it that way just because uh, I'm at 60 and I still have another 20 to go. Mm. I think there was like 84 shots, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the whole thing. And... And I had to animate each one. You know, I had, there was no automation. There was no do it quickly. So there were things that, you know, I had to move. And some things could have been better, much better. It's interesting when you mention um, like a set carpenter versus a regular carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that like when I, when I teach um, like technical workshops for theater, right? Um, not a lot of people are aware of the differences. Mm-hmm. Between like a set carpenter and regular carpenter, or perhaps a costume designer versus a person who designs and makes clothes. A tailor or an audio. Yeah, a tailor. Yeah, yeah, a tailor, yeah. Um, there are huge differences because the demands that are needed for the production will demand a certain a different way of thinking from a carpent from than, than a regular carpenter would know. If mm-hmm. he would put six braces on something that's going up. And I will say I can't have six braces there because it'll get in the way of the actors. 
So he has to figure out a way how to make it sturdy without those six braces. I can have two. You know what I mean? Or perhaps yeah, a costume something. designer. Um, and this is always, as an actor, this is always my fight with, uh, not really fight, but I will always go back and make pakialam with my costumes. Because, hey, I got to wear this. Um, first of all, is it bad? Get out of it. <laughs> yeah, I have to get out of it and then get out of it quickly or get into it quickly. And then I have to be able to pee. Like there are some costumes where like, how am I going to pee? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's something as basic as that. Because like, you know, um, I, that's why I love working with people who know um, the intricacies of what the production demands. And that, I think, is very, very important with also your production manager knowing these things too. Like, a production manager has to have an idea on how everybody else does their job. Because then how, 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 how are you going to write the Bible? You know, mm-hmm. how are you going to write the schedules? If you don't know how long it takes to set up a certain shot, how will you manage your day? Especially now, when hours are much stricter. You True. know, I mean, it's 14 hours maximum. Bawal na yung, oh, let's shoot for 48 hours straight. Hindi na pwede yun. Because then, you're going to run into me as a safety officer going, nope, I'm going to pull the plug on your genset. <laughs> I mean, at 14 hours. And I've actually done that. Now, it's interesting with the production management. Like, with, uh, with your class, are you, is this going to be, um, I, I guess, I, I, I want an idea of what your class is going to be like. Is it going to be you sharing stories? Is it you going to be, oh, we're going to do this by the book, and this is how you write the book? Um, give us an idea of how you're going to teach your class. Okay. Um, well, there are some stories. I, I do share what, what I can uh, on a personal level, some, a couple of case studies here and there. But what it is, is it is a, it's exposure to, for lack of a better term right now, to some of the key aspects, the most important aspects of the whole job. Uh, okay. The truth is you can't actually pick up the whole job just in one workshop or one, yeah, one series you, you of courses. You need to be on the ground. Yeah, you need you to need be, on, to the be on the ground, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, discuss, um, I discuss several items. Uh, time, the concept of time and, and how you work with time and create time. Mm, okay? Yes, I like Money. that. You have to create time. Create time, exactly. <laughs> create time. Again, everybody knows, oh, you know, I got a five o'clock, I got a six o'clock. That's fine. But how do you create time? How do you make, how do you maximize those 24 short hours in a day? Yeah. Money. Understanding money. Uh, the, I didn't teach an accounting course, so that's fine. But it's, Understanding funding, understanding value. And I think that's very important for a production manager, value. Sometimes something costs more but brings greater value to a set. For example, mm. a set carpenter costs much more than the manong next door or the manong yes. across the street, diba? But yes. when it, But if the manong across the street is now cost, causing you to have to redo sets because, you know, or he cannot seem to fathom, why are we going to put up this wall and put up a balcony it's going to collapse. It's like, no, it's not going to collapse if you put the braces here. Yes. But that's not how you do it. We don't care how it's that's not <laughs> yeah. how you, This is how you, you can do it so it doesn't collapse and kill people. Yeah. But without looking, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, yeah. There are ways to do it that are friendly for the set, that are friendly mm-hmm. for the film, for whatever. But we're not building a house. So there, those carpenters cost more. But you spend less in the long term. And that's very important to understand value. We talk about um, people. 
And like I always say, and I'm going to share that on this on your show right now, that this whole filmmaking thing would be absolutely easy, except for one thing, people. <laughs> so that being said, <laughs> hey, that, it's true. It's true. You know, you're dealing with like in any endeavor that requires people. You have to deal with, you know, what kind of people you're going to get. You know, they might be experts in their field, but if they're difficult or if they're late or if they are, they move to a different concept of time. That's what amazes me. There are some tremendously, amazingly creative and talented people who just move to a different concept of time. When I say Monday, 5 p.m., that means Monday, 4.45, it's with me now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In that sense. No, it, it's that there. You know, it's, it's, and it's not just people on set. It's your suppliers. It's your vendors. It's, it's the, you know, it's the guy in Starbucks, the barista at Starbucks that, that can't seem to understand that I need 27 mocha lattes, three of which are decaf, two of which have soy milk. You know, I said, like, why aren't you getting this? I got this, right? I, I know it in my head. And you can't understand. There you go, you know. And it's, so yeah, you know. So <laughs> there you go, you know. People, I talk about risk. And I talk about the legal aspects of uh, of production. Um, mm. Understand legal aspects. Uh, simple things like uh, we didn't go in too deep into it because uh, that's a totally different animal. But yeah. basics: understanding licensing agreements, mm. understanding release agreements, uh, seeing people on camera, uh, talent contracts, supplier contracts, contract, contract, contracts. You know, yes. getting things written down on paper. Um, uh, risk management as well. Uh, I shared this story about the movie Roar, uh, which apparently, uh, w- when I first used it as an example, I didn't even know that there was a documentary about it, and it's called the most dangerous film ever. The hey, this, this, film. this is the lions. This is the, these are the, this this the one with the lions. lions. Yes. yes, yes. So, and I've been using that example for for my class and everything. I didn't know that. It's, like, oh, it, it's, it's that bad, pala. I just thought it was like the one-two incidents. You know, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, you guys, you want to you wanna check that one out. Roar, okay? And how crazy it is. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, it's things like that. We talk about risk, and, and it's great now because now there's this whole concept of having safety officers on set. So that now adds, um, I give some insight onto a couple of films that ran into legal and risk issues uh, that uh, I hope become, you know, really good learning points for 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 everyone uh because i as i kept on repeating uh in in the course you know it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye yes uh and filipinos pamandin you know we are so oblivious about legal uh legal matters uh we hate insurance we we safety is like always our last priority all of those things so all it takes is for one screw up to happen and that's it Nobody's prepared for it. No one on it's set. In, it's, in, it's, it's, it's interesting when you talk about like risk, um, which is basically my, 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 my field now in the film set um, most of the time. Um, when I began uh, doing safety for films, I was just looking at, yeah, that could poke an eye out. This could stub a toe. This could be mm. this, right? And then eventually when I was getting more projects and on the ground thinking about liabilities, you know what I mean? I didn't even think about liabilities because 
basically I was just at the, at the nuts and bolts of it. Oh, I don't want anybody to lose an eye. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to break a leg because literally I have broken a leg in a stage adjustment on, you know, preparing for a show. And that's when I brought that experience in and seeing, okay, so who's liable for what? And how are we going to fix this? And how do you, more importantly, prevent it? So you don't have to go through that entire freaking headache. Like yeah. going, through, going through the occupational safety and, uh, and, and health trainings, and we were talking about liability. Do you, I mean, if, if anybody had any concept, those who are non-trained, uh, non-dollar trained safety officers, if you had any concept of how much paperwork I'm going to have to do if you get injured on the set, just don't get injured along and please save me the paperwork because yeah, that's a headache and a half, you know? I mean, that's problems on, on the safety officer. There's problems on the production manager. That's time that's getting eaten up. You know, you might be yeah. done with your job, but then you now have to spend an extra hour, hour and a half just filling up paperwork because some idiot. Yeah. Diba? And it's usually that. That's, that's the part that hurts. It's usually some idiot. And that could have been prevented. Yes. But everybody's focused on budget. Everybody's focused on schedule. And nobody ever thinks of the risk. It's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. Yes. Diba? Yeah. True. So that's, so that's interesting. So, okay, in terms with your stories that you're going to share, your, your case studies, right? Um, let's narrow it down to you not working as a PM, but working okay. with a PM. What would be, and you don't have to name names, right? The worst experience with a production manager what what didn't they do right that led to a potential disaster okay i'm not gonna name names uh (laughs) i might have to drop some proper nouns which means that (laughs) if you're really 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 diligent you're gonna dig up you're gonna dig up the the information of who this person is and what this person is and all of that disclaimer okay Disclaimer, once again, this happened more than 20 years ago, okay? So this is ancient history. I'm in the office, right? I'm in the studio, minding my own beeswax. And just for context, my studio is in Leon Ginto in Manila. It's near De La Salle, okay? So just, just to give you some ge- geography so you understand the, the sheer, the sheer, the sheer conies, you know, that, that, that got into this. Okay. Friend of mine calls roughly around lunch. He goes, Oh, yeah, Jack, favor. I'm in this Jose Rizal film. Okay? And I'm sick. And I cannot go. And I cannot go to the set. I cannot, I cannot go. I just can't. Okay. I got in touch with the set and I said, I'm pay, I'm, I'm, I'm playing one of the priles, one of the friars. Oh. Okay. And Right off the bat, you're the only mestizo actor that I know. Okay. 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 <laughs> you can see where this is going, right? Okay. Okay. You can, you can, know. and then, uh, can you? Well, I'm actually not doing anything uh, now. And, and, you know, he said the shoot's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning. The call time's tomorrow morning. Okay. I can, I can do that. That's, that's fine. Um... Can you go? Yeah, sige, sige, sige. Okay. So the location is in Bataan. <laughs> right. 
Okay. <laughs> the location's in Bataan. And you have to be there tonight. Because the shoot is very, very early tomorrow morning. Because I think the scene that they were going to shoot, if I'm not mistaken, is the execution of Jose Rizal, which was at the crack of dawn. So they needed yeah. that kind of morning sun. Yeah. Right? So they were going to shoot this one of the first things in the morning. They were going to shoot this already. So you have to be there by tonight. Sorry, can I say that on your show? Anyway. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, exactly. So, okay. So I'm in the studio, right? I'm in the office. So I, I'm like, uh, okay, I look in my locker and I actually had enough clothes for, I uh, know, because, okay, it's a costume thing. So they'll provide the costumes. It's not like yeah. I had to bring my, my Prile uniform, right? <laughs> I would be amazed <laughs> if you had one. <laughs> I would too, right? Oh, this was the era when I had hair that was up to here. You know, I had shoulder length hair uh, flowing. Okay. And I said, Oh yeah, do they? You know what I look like nowadays, huh? They're yeah. I talked to them already. I called them already. I said, and you know, a couple of people there know who you are. Okay, like the PM actually knew who I was, right? He goes, so out of nowhere, right? I'm I'm throwing clothes into my backpack at the office. So these are clothes that I have in the office, not the freshest of of stuff. But see you know, these are just survival gear that I have in the office. Throw it in my backpack. Leave the office at about three o'clock ish in the afternoon to catch the Bataan, the CCP Bataan ferry at about yes. four. <laughs> okay. And all I have are a bunch of directions. And this is before smartphones. This is before... Yeah. Wala pang Waze yan. Wala pang Waze. Wala, walang Waze. Walang Waze. Walang GPS. Walang anything. You know, even email. Email stopped at a certain generational level. At a certain age group. Then yeah. There was no such thing as email. We still got faxes, for love of God. This is, I think, 98. 1998-ish. Okay? Um, and then, so I get off in Limau, Bataan which is apparently away from the next town, which is Limay, Bataan. <laughs> okay. And I've, I'm not sorely mistaken. I think they, the location was in Orion. And I go there. You know, I, by the time I get to the location, to where the crew was, of course, they packed up for the night. Uh, it was probably after dinner. Uh, I got then finally to this beach resort where they were all there. Finally tracked down the production manager. Uh, and he looks at me and goes, what are you doing here? And... <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing here? And I said, so that guy gives me a call and says that he needed me to, to, to pinch hit for him to play one of your friars. And this is 20 years ago, so look at my age, right? Yeah. You know? Uh so he's like all right, okay. You know, he's you could see that there's panic in his eyes. Yeah. And 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 he's not really giving me much information. And the most that they were able to give me was a room. I had a room to myself, a tiny room closet for myself, mm -hmm. which had a bed, electricity, a bathroom. And not much else. I don't even remember if it had bed sheets. I don't think I had a blanket. No, I didn't have a towel. And I did not pack a towel. Yeah. Because I had a small backpack with me. I didn't pack a towel. So I did, that thing didn't even have a towel. You know, I used a bed sheet the next day after I showered. <laughs> 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 Such a bed sheet. Sorry, a resort. 
And then I went from the resort. They had left in the morning. So he said, yeah, we'll discuss this in the morning, okay? He goes, sige, you sleep there. Or have you eaten? I said, yeah, I ate already in the town before coming over. Uh, sige, 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 we'll talk. I'll talk to Direk about it. Yada, 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 yada. And the next morning, they didn't give me a call. They didn't give me a call time or anything. I woke up. People are gone. Mm-hmm. There's just random crew members walking around. Then I said, where's the location? Then they said, oh, it's the next resort or two resorts down. So I had to commute. I had to find a way to get to that other resort. Finally showed up on set. Tracked him down again. And when he basically says to me in so many words, uh, no, we're not going to use you. You're too young. Wow. You're too young. So, okay. Uh, you're too young. You just can't. And they were kind of joking about it as well, you know. Parang, you know, as well, what, this is a huge screw-up on, you know, how did the hell did this? this they're, they're as clueless about what yeah. happened, yeah. about the whole thing, right? And I'm saying, okay, cool. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, we're not. We're thank, not, you, not. Th- th- thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for coming. And these are one of those types of resorts where, you know, the resort, of course, is right there at the shore, right? But mm-hmm. then there's something like a half kilometer roadway between the resort and the, and the highway. Yeah. So I had to walk all of these things, walking it into the Jesus. resort the night before, walking it out the, the next day to Jesus. get to the resort, to the other location, going that. So everything done, walking out, grab a passing tricycle or a passing jeepney or heaven knows what in the middle of Bataan before the 21st century. So yes. I'm on a cell phone. None, no GPS, no internet, nothing. Cut off from the world. I can't even check what time the ferry leaves. Yeah. I don't even know what the ferry schedule is to get back to Manila. So oh I had I backtracked all the way back to Limau, Bataan, caught the ferry <laughs> back to Manila, and I was back. Ta-da! That's insane, dude. That's there. insane. That, that's a horror story right there. That yes, that is. I mean, all that way, and you know what? What's amazing is that they didn't even offer you. Oh, we'll get the service to take you. This is the ferry. No, this is the no. this. You know, not, not so, because not so of much your inconvenience. Not, not so much as fair. Not so much as here's a hundred bucks for your for your ticket or something like that, or you know, hundred yeah. bucks for the for the tricycle. So that was like my my account. That was my money going there. My money headed back. My money for and your. And your time and your effort and your stress and the lack of a towel. The lack of a towel. You know, I didn't even get to eat. I didn't even have breakfast. Because when I woke up, I'm like, you know, hey, I know this thing is going to happen in the morning. So it's like, oh, crack of dawn or something, you know. Uh, you know, woke up, well, 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 what time is it? I don't even remember what time it was, but the, the sun was up. So I jumped into the shower, got dressed. And headed for the set. I guess you know somebody would have woken me up, or somebody would have been, you know, yeah, me at least knocked on your door. Yeah, yeah, knocked on your door. If they really needed me, right? So I was, I was kind of chill about it. I mean, on my, on, it was fun in an adventure side sort of way. But yes. you know, wow, you know, that's that's that somebody really screwed the pooch there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tremendous, tremendous inconvenience. And the worst part is, like, you know, just to write you off now, thank you for coming. Yeah. Walang, for walang backup offer na, you know, I mean, you're not even asking for compensation for the day. Pero, dude, 
service man lang, pare. Diba? Yeah. So, I don't have to walk a kilometer. Yeah, oh. it's, it's, I mean, did I even get to see the director? Did she even get to see me? I don't think so. I don't yeah. even remember seeing her. Sorry, there. That drops some hints of which of who the director. But we're gonna find out. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna. You know, very, very millennial, very Gen Z. You know, they're tapping on Google while listening to this podcast. Oh, Sari Salfil, nineteen nine, late nineties. That's so, insane. Yeah, man. That, that, that's that's insane. And that's already okay. So coming in from the talent side, that already gives you an idea of there. I mean, like you said earlier, there's there's hierarchy in the set. Yes. Even if you're. Uh, a talent, if you're a talent, whether you're support or an extra or that, this you're already somewhat um, higher on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. I would hate to fi- to find out how the guy making Timpla the coffee was treated. Well, you know what I mean? I, I can, yeah, I can imagine that if you know, at least I was given a room. And that that's yeah. that's probably the, the biggest consolation I had is that I had a room, I had yes. a bed to sleep in. Yeah. If I was a that walked on set and said, uh, my amo sent me here or something, I'd be, I'd, I'd be lucky to You'd be probably sleeping, sleeping in the van. Yeah, sleeping in the van. Yeah. And that's happened. I've seen that happen. I've actually yeah. fought for people. I've actually shared my room. Na parang, Dude, you're not sleeping in the van. Sleep here. Or, or, or there are some sets na parang pet project na we're all sleeping in the common room. Bring latag. And okay yeah. lang. Kasi, oh, puta, okay lang. Because at least you're aware. I think the most important thing like with the production manager in this in this case and in all cases is that information is key and you sharing information is extremely important. I don't understand some production managers who who it feels like you're pulling a tooth from yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a national secret. Yeah, I don't understand. If if we all knew all the information that was relevant to not only your department but all the other departments, then it would be better choreography because at least you know what the left hand is doing, right? And it's so important that you know somebody who is going into a work day because because atmospheres on film sets can get very tense. It's very mm-hmm. even if even if the director is running a chill set, there's still tension on the set because you got to get shit done in a very limited amount of time yeah. and resources, right? So if you come in as prepared as you can be and knowing what to expect, like I did, I did an action film. Um, I was a safety officer for an action film, so I was aware that okay, we're going to be firing, we're going to be firing guns, and this was when that rust issue came out, right? Mm. So um, and this was before it came, right before, as in the day that we shot like forty rifles firing, we had to do. You know, gun safety courses and firing range, and you know all that for all the actors, right? Um, my AD was 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 bitching at me. Jamie, we're taking too much time in terms of safety, and I'm like, look, these are guns. Yeah, but they're blanks. I don't care. They're guns. They're real firearms. And after we finished all the workshop, we didn't finish the sequence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we shot what we could after all the gun safety, you know, briefings. And then and then that evening, the rust thing came out with Alec Baldwin. And then all oh, the PM, the PMs, the APM came to me. You know, the AD came to me. Say, Jamie, well, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, we're gonna do what we did today. We were fine. You know what I mean? But then you have to give me the time to actually be able to do this. Um, I went in there preparing. It's a it's it's a war film, so I went mm-hmm. there ready for war. And it amazed me that some production people and some artists also were complaining about the lack of holding areas. 
about bakit ang layo ng holding area natin. I'm like, because we're shooting in the jungle. It's it's a war film. So, did you expect your trailer to be in the shot? Or the holding area to be in the shot? Siyempre, or your yaya is in the noise? Your yaya yeah, the or, your, or your yayas there making you pie in the background? No, I mean, I actually literally brought camouflage um, like webbing with me. Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a yeah, it, it's just a it's just a wrap, not a full suit, okay. right? Because those things are hot. But basically, as a safety officer, I have to be near where the action is, but I'm not in the film. Mm-hmm. So when the, the frame is set and the camera is set up, all right, you know, clear the set. I have to be there. I have to see what's going on. So I would just put on a camouflage netting in an area where you won't see me. You know, so I came in prepared. And it's amazing that unless the production manager tells you what conditions you're going to be living under, you know, um, what what conditions you're going to be shooting under, it goes a long way in terms of not only the morale, but the preparation of every person there on the set. Kung gera tayo, they be prepared for war. Kung romantic tayo, di ba, maraming kissing scene, o oh, pare, brush teeth, di ba? Marami akong mouthwash sa set. It's as simple as that. And But without that information, and the production managers hold all the information because basically, they have to pay for it or find sure. a way to pay for it. Um, it. Without that information being shared, that is so critical, you know, to anything happening. If I don't have the information, how can I move? And that's, Above and below the line as well. Whether you're the lead star, the director, to the guy making timbla kape, how much coffee do I have to prepare for this set, yeah. for this shot? It's as simple as that. If we, without the information, then you're lost. And that's where you're groping for, you know, okay, how are we going to get this done today? I think that should be integral also. Please do share that in terms in, in your class because it's so important that, yes, you have all the information. You're talking about liabilities and risk and time and value. Share the information. But I think it takes also experience to know what is confidential. Shareable, yeah. Yeah, what is shareable also. You can't share how much people are making because that's... Yeah. That's against but I think, it's, I think that's where the... That's where you separate the, the good from the, from the great. Mm. You know, it's... It's easy to learn how to manage money. It's easy to learn, you know, the the rules and, and, and making sure that you have paperwork. And but it's it's being empathetic, understanding people, knowing how people work, what they need. Uh, there are, for example, there's studies, there's research that that says that if you if you tell people how long they're going to be waiting, they're actually able to wait longer. But if you do not give them a time frame and just say, okay, it's coming, yeah. then they're constantly waiting for it to show up. Yes. So it's little things like that. Yeah, you know, perfect. And it's a perfect thing. You know, it's, it's yeah, they, be transparent. They, they tell people what's going on. And that's, that's not something that you're supposed to learn in a book. That's something that you're supposed to understand as a human being, I think, to be empathetic, to understand that people need to know, am I going to be sleeping five of us in a room? Yes. Then I know. Because yeah. it means that I have to wake up just a little bit earlier because there's four other people that need the bathroom after. Yes, yes. Diba? Is there going to be a towel? Tell me if you're going to be providing towels, if there's going to yeah. be a bed to sleep on. Am I sleeping on a, on a sleeping bag, in a mat, diba? under a tree? Yeah. It's the little things like that that's going to be, you know, that's going to clear things up. Lunch is late. You know, the, remember that first example I gave, you know, yes, early in my career, yes. you know? I, if I had said probably outright that, look, we can we work through lunch because food is on its way, 
my 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 crew would not have stopped yeah. working. Yeah, so, because yeah. they know okay, lunch is gonna be late. We'll keep on rolling until lunch arrives. Lunch is on the way. Okay, it's on the way now. So already it gives you an idea of okay, what do you mean by on the way? We'll give you a sort of um, time frame in which okay, I can hold on for thirty more minutes. I can hold on for forty-five more minutes because my stomach is grumbling. I hope the mic doesn't pick up my stomach. Grumbling. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> Little things like that are so important, and it goes a long way in terms of rallying your forces, marshalling your resources, and and getting stuff done. Because you know, limited time, limited resources. If you simply say lunch is lunch is late, let's get this sequence in the canna, and then we break for lunch. Once mm-hmm. you say that, then all of a sudden mindsets change. And then the effort and the energy goes back in because you know you have an end result, an, an end frame. That's very, very important. And you know, everybody who's handling that, you know, you gotta it's it's the, the production manager is there, is is a glorified traffic cop as well, going, okay, if we can't do this now, then we'll do this. Because at least we can take that already, get that in the can while we're waiting for lunch. And and you know when the production manager says lunch is on its way, then that's that's okay. It's coming. We'll mm-hmm. be fed. I can't believe that nightmare story of yours. Oh my god, that's insane. <laughs> when you're when you're younger, when you're younger, then we see that as an adventure. Now yeah. at my age, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I I oh god, you know I can't imagine doing that today right. and not and not raising hell about it when you're younger you 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 expect a lot of challenges and you're like oh chalk it up to experience you know what i mean but when you get when you hit your 40s you're like no fuck this i want a towel you didn't tell me i needed to bring a towel now for shoots i overpack like i have my own coffee mug i have you know if if we have a vehicle i bring my own coffee machine because i, I hate overpacking that's my I thing. Really, I hate overpacking. Oh, you know, overpacking, overpacking. Okay, when you go into a shoot, like, you know, the people who are listening now who are just getting into this industry, if you overpack, it's a bitch to carry and lug around. Like, in my last lock-in shoot, I had I probably made nine trips, nine to 11 trips to the car, hauling stuff, right? And I was like, why the hell did I pack so much? But, but... When the early morning shoot comes and you have to be there ahead of everybody else on the set and the guy who's in charge of making the coffee isn't awake yet and you brought a coffee machine, your own coffee maker, then this is the reason why you overpack because Sige you na. coffee. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, when you can. When yeah, you can, yeah. there are some shoots na parang, okay, we're going to squeeze into a van. I can only bring a backpack. So you have to be smart about it. But again, it stems from the information that the producer is giving you or the production manager is giving you. If you're going to be prepared to, okay, guys, you're going to be roughing it. Then I'm going to bring my, my tent, my latag, my, you know, a blanket and a towel, you know, and probably like two towels, you know, because I'm arted that way, you know. In that sense, so you're you're prepared. You're more prepared, and it all stems from the information that the production manager sure. is going to give you. And that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you have this class because then you know, hopefully, there's there's going there's an opportunity now to professionalize and to elevate the standards in how we do business, especially now 
during the pandemic where you know our 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 timetables are 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 much shorter much less mm-hmm. people have to double up um the production manager has never been more important a good production manager has never been more manager. important um to to a shoot and actually to anything whether it be a concert a live event a theatrical show a wedding has a production even a pro- yes you know it, that's 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 what i say right at the get go right if it's easy to say that i want to be director i know i have my own camera and i can shoot my own films but how do you run it who's going to run it yeah. is it going to run properly is it going to run efficiently or are you just spinning in circles walking in circles running in place uh, production managers or a production management background yeah helps push those things along and all of that yeah. I'd like to take this chance to do to give you a non-horror story. And okay, go. Let's do it. Shout out to a to a production manager. I, a few years ago, I did a I was on the underwater camera team for a for a feature film, an independent film. So, and we know how tight the budgets are on these things. Uh, and there I was with my team. Uh, there was just the three of us on the team at the ferry in uh, in CCP, headed to Corridor. The, the location was on Corridor Island. And I'm excited because in all of these years, I've never been to Corridor, right? So I'm like, okay. yeah. Um, and, and we're all there and, and we have to bring our own tanks. This is an underwater shoot. Uh, this, we, you know, after some little pre-prod with the, with the team, uh, they needed X amount of shots and we figured, okay, we will spend X amount of hours underwater. So I think we had with us, the three of us, our dive gear, which is on the average about 20 kilos each, mm-hmm. okay? And the camera gear, which was probably another 15 kilos because we needed professional camera gear. Uh, and then tanks. I think we had 16 tanks with us, three of us, 15 tanks with us, okay? So we had backup air. There was no air whatsoever in, uh, no tanks to be had in Corridor. Corridor, yeah. You couldn't refill any tanks, nothing. Everything, we had to bring everything. All right, so we're there at the CCP, crack of dawn, waiting for everything, and everyone is everyone is piled up outside the terminal, you know, twiddling their thumbs because the water was too rough to cross. Okay. The ferry was the, they were they were they were on standby for the weather conditions to change, and then uh, and and that was the you know so. So while everyone is waiting, so I, I report, I, I, get, I make a call to, to the island and said, look, we're on standby. We're not hitting the ferry. The ferry is not leaving on time. We're still on standby and all of that. And the production manager sourced a vehicle. At first, what they did was to find out, because apparently there are two ways to get to Corridor. There is the tourist way, which is via CCP. Yeah. And there is the way that the locals, everybody else passes, and that's through Bataan. Oh, Bataan yes. again, you know. <laughs> There's, there's, Bataan is closer to Corridor Island than CCP, than the Manila. Yeah. So that's, that's where the locals pass. Uh, they make a call, they check with Bataan. Is Bataan still uh, transiting? Are they still running ferries across? Yeah. Uh, they said, yes. Okay, we're booking a vehicle. Now we're going to find a vehicle. We will send you a vehicle. Stay tight. Then they said, look, we're bringing something like a couple of hundred kilos worth of stuff huh yeah you know the tanks and 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 dive gear the cameras and all of that stuff like that so, yeah we know van arrives about an hour later 
And then we're on the road to Bataan. Three hours later, we're crossing into Corridor and we're on location. When we got there, um, somebody meets us and takes us to the hotel. Okay, this is where your room's going to be. I hope it's okay with you guys if you share, the three of you guys, gents share a room. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're good. And all of that. You know, we never got to shoot. Uh-huh. No, we never got to shoot because they were delayed. The weather caused a lot of delays. Uh, yeah. A lot yeah. of weather delays. Yeah. But they, and if it's an underwater shoot, weather is everything, man. Weather is everything. So we they gave us the wherewithal to, you know, we, we started doing oculars. Uh, we were preparing um, and communicating with them. And they said, yeah, we'll keep you posted, okay? But so yeah, yeah, not tell, tell us what, what you need. Tell us or not. And they were great. We were fed. We were housed. We were transported. And then when they finally said uh, our shooting days were up, uh, you know, my team, our, our contract yeah. was done. Um and we didn't get to shoot. It's like, look, we'll reschedule this and all of that. But uh, while the weather is open, while the weather is kind of clear, we're crossing you back already into into Bataan before before it turns to crap. And yeah, and, and you're stuck here. Yeah, you're stuck here with us, diba. It, it's little things like that, diba. It was it's uh, as as a drastic, you know, both both were failed shoots between between the Rizal and this. And this corridor shoot, you know, I really should stay away from historical epics. No, anyway, um, <laughs> both were failed shoots. Yeah. But the 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 difference between between total failure and, and a salvageable failure relied on that production manager, relied on their ability, on that person's ability to make things happen. You know, sorry yes. to keep on using that the catchphrase, but that's what it is. No, but it's true. It's it's such a solid thing. You gotta make it. You gotta make it happen. You're not gonna give in at the first sign of a challenge or oh, the seas are rough. Now what? Yeah. Oh well, you know. Oh well, yeah. Why don't we just have Starbucks? No, we gotta get you there. Yeah, we got that. So that was it. You know, the and and transporting that much. It wasn't even so much as transporting one or two or three people. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. transporting your gear. It was transporting all your stuff. Yeah, that's and, a lot and of logistics. Right? Yeah, and 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 you know the little calls that said you know all we can get is an elf you know because we're thinking of the cargo also we don't have a van van it's yeah. not going to be that comfortable at least we know yes you know you know what to expect was, at least from our side it was more important that we can transport all the equipment properly because that was the bulk of it yeah rather than you're going to send us some what you know some some Vios or a Corolla and. Yeah, we have nice air conditioning, but we had to leave like three fourths of the equipment back. No, you can't. Yeah, no, you and can't. we're in CCP. <laughs> yeah. We're in CCP, yeah. so it's not like you can just drop something somewhere and say, "Okay, yeah, oh sorry, it doesn't fit anymore." No, where can we? You know, walang ganon. Yeah, walang walang tambay na. Ah, uh, can I leave my tanks here? You go yeah, to the CCP cafeteria and say, "Can I leave my tanks?" <laughs> so you know, none of that, none of that crap. Those those two experiences are night and day. Um, right there, I, I love I love it when a production manager goes the extra mile with the little things. Um, my little thing is uh, I have a I have a huge sweet tooth, okay. And um, when I first started working as a safety officer in these shoots, and this is the height of the pandemic, man. This, mm-hmm. Like, like this was in what I think September or June, no, yeah, June, June or July, June or July uh, in twenty twenty. Right, and this is the first time I'm going to be working with these production managers. And a big shout out to Chat and to Herschel, 
because they figured out, okay, so in on the first day, and this is a whole series of shoots, right? In the first day, of course, I'm, it's the first project I'm doing as a safety officer in the middle of the pandemic. I was extremely strict and extremely almost masungit. <laughs> because, you know, literally, because your lives are my responsibility as a safety officer. And I don't want anybody not only getting injured on the set or getting sick on the set, but I want you to go home safely to your family, mm-hmm. to your loved ones. And I took I take it personally because I would hate to be the one explaining to your mom, eh, kasi yung anak mo eh, COVID. Diba? You know, I can't do that. Kasi nagtanggal ng mask, diba? So um, they found out that, you know, living under the yoke of a masungit safety officer is not ideal. So okay. in the middle of the first day, they said, shit, Jamie's so fucking masungit. He's scary. You know, how do we do this? And, and you're not a little out, person. And I'm not a little person, right? <laughs> you're not I a little person. Right? <laughs> and, I have the authority, and I have the authority to shut you down. You know what I mean? So, of course, that's always in the in, in the back of their heads. Like, shit, if we do anything wrong, he's going to shut us down because he's already masungit. You know? And they found out that I had a sweet tooth. And... Just based, I, I don't know if this was a very specific thing. I love flat tops. Okay. Flat tops are my comfort food. I can finish a whole bag, no problem. And in the middle of the day, he said, Jamie, flat tops. And they found out, I don't know if they found out specifically that I just had a sweet tooth and Nagata on lang that they managed to have flat tops with them. And they said, night and day, apparently, from my morning. <laughs> attitude to my afternoon attitude, I became much easier to deal with. Without shirking any responsibilities, it was just basically um, how I was dealing with people. Because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing out. The deck needs this kind of shot. How am I going to make it safe? Let me think. I'll have a cigarette and a flat tops, and I will come up with a solution in the best way possible. You know? And these, and I've worked with them a few times after this, and they actually have on their budget a bag of flat tops if Jamie's a safety officer. <laughs> and that little thing, knowing, you know, I don't even have to eat it. I just have to see it there. And, I, and I'm so thankful because, you know what? You're thinking of the production in its entirety. But to me, you're thinking about me. And I love you for that. So, kahit na anong hihingi ng production manager, Jamie, may problema tayo kasi kailangan natin gawin. Sige, game. Why? Because you brought me flat tops. And it's not even a bribe. It's because mm-hmm. you're thinking of me. You took the extra step to think of me. Then I will take the extra step to, okay, let's figure out this shot. You know? And it's something as small as that, as small as that, that can make the world of difference. Just like how, you know, oh, we're going to have a van for you in an hour. I'm sorry. It's an elf. It's not going to be comfortable, but we're going to get there. That, that short conversation with that production manager already makes you feel like, okay, we're being taken care of. And that's the most important thing. You can't have a project with, you know, without the captain of the ship. And a lot of people say, yes, the director is the captain of the ship. Yeah, but who's running the ship? Who's, who's actually making who's the, who's the chief engineer? You know? Who's, who's yeah. in the underground? Yeah. You know? And that's, that's the person that is so key and so important. And yes, we need good production managers, especially now. Um, and I'm so happy that you're going to be teaching this class and teaching a whole new generation of people to anticipate. So, okay, you know, if you ever get me a safety officer, guys, flat tops lang katapat mo, bro. You know? <laughs> I'm easier to talk to with flat tops in me. 
Yun na That's the big secret na pala, no? Yeah. And it's it's something so small, inconsequential. I've had directors going, you know, trying to get into the bag of flat tops reserved for me and they get they get scolded by the production manager. And the director's <laughs> like, what do you mean I can't have any flat tops? That's for Jamie. And I'm like, Puchang ina, thanks, man. That's I mean, that's a director. He's God on set. And he can't even touch my flat tops. That's friggin' amazing. You know? And and you know, you know, my hats off to people who actually can take care of people. It's it's essentially like you say, you know, it's, it, being, it's, it's it's empathy. How would you like to be taken care of? And that's how you take care of people. It's as simple as that, you know. Um, depending on uh, what, like, take I I I I do realize that taking care of the camera, the cam dep, the camera department, they're a special breed of people. So for me, when I do my safety briefings and I realize that they're not listening um, and I have to constantly remind them of these you know, safety protocols, I realize, look, they're the cam dep. They're visual. Mm-hmm. So I will give them handouts. And then as soon as I started doing that in the set, they're like, ah, gets. So I have no problems with the, the cam dep. Yeah. But then who do I go to for the printouts? I go to the PM. Kailangan ko lang printouts. Okay, may printer ako. Okay, good. So no problem. You know what I mean? It's getting to know um, the people that you're working with. And, you know, like you said, people are the biggest headache, but then they're also your main resource. Yep. So if you don't know how to deal with them, uh, it's going to be a rough road. <laughs> to your it's, project. It, it's, it's, again, the money is the easy part. Everything else is the difficult. You know, it's, it's the more variables in people. Uh, but they're a resource themselves. That's 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 you know if you know how to play with them, if you know how to massage them, you know, flat tops for the safety officer for what's it? How much is a bag of flat tops? Sixty pesos, eighty pesos? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's easier day. It makes your day. And, and that's and I think that's 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 a crucial thing. It's understanding that yes, that extra sixty pesos worth of flat tops is not in your budget, right? But by Shelling that out by, by spending that. You don't need to spend for 60 pesos, but by spending that 60 pesos, that gives you a more efficient uh, safety officer, uh, somebody who's not cranky. People are not, you know, afraid that he's going to jump on them, and they're able to work. Yeah. So about value, that value, value, value. value. You know, you, value. you went 60 pesos over budget, but... Uh, but you saved what? You probably saved thousands in faster production speeds, you know, quicker responses, happier crews. You know, happier crews are at the end of the day means that they get to rest better. They wake up and, you know, with more energy for the next day's shoot. All of those things, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't put a price, you can't put a price tag on a person who's working on a film set, especially when these like month-long lock-ins were happening. Um, that takes a lot out of people. I've never experienced one yet, so it's, it's oh, a lot. Dude, it's, it, it's a lot because you're like, oh, you know, I, I want to go back to my bed, my bed. I want to use my banyo. You know what I mean? You know, things like that, which, which are silent killers because basically it just adds to a stress that you don't see. And you yeah. realize, you only realize it's when you get home after a month lock-in, you know. But the, the, little, the little things that, that can go a long way, the, you can't put a price tag on 
on your crew and your people waking up the next day and looking forward to the shoot. Like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. Or today, yeah. You know, that passion um, of looking forward to a shooting day, you can't put a price tag on that simply because it's the morale on the set will determine how fast you go, how slow you go, how well you go. And a lot of that really does hinge on not only the people that you that you um, are working with, but the traffic cop, which is the mm-hmm. production manager. Production manager. You know? Without that, kahit na anong ihingi mo, kung no parate, de, bad trip ka the whole month. You know what I mean? Or if you're not even covering basic necessities, like a towel. <laughs> Dude, that's so important. You might not think it's, you know, people who are it's watching, not- you might not think it's, you know, oh, that's, I'd rather spend on a, on, a, on a lens or a camera or a dolly. No, dude, pare. No, it's, it's, ano, ah, you, that, that, that towel incident, ah, you realize how useless a bed sheet is as a towel. I mean, sige, they're, they're, it's fabric, it's tela. But when you're there, yep. to the point that, if I remember correctly, because I discovered it didn't have a towel, and it's not like there was a front desk that you could approach, right? You know, I don't even remember probably taking a proper bath, probably because yeah. you know, it's like okay, you know, you can't, you can't do the, you can't do your whole Hollywood shower because yeah. you don't have a towel to dry off on. You're using these people's bed sheet, yeah. which I already knew by experience was not going to be an efficient thing. So, exactly. you know, your back is kind of wet. Your feet don't get that dry. You have to put your socks on. Wow, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people will a lot of people debate like, oh, but you still have to be professional. I mean, if you had to shoot that day, there's still professionalism. Like, yeah, even if I'm un- uncomfortable, you know, I've had to do a shoot where as an actor where I had bugs running all over me, you know, but I had to be dead. So I couldn't even move to swat these freaking flies on my face because I was playing dead. Then your professionalism comes into play. Mm -hmm. But I knew after the take, I would have a nice holding area. They'll clean me off. You know, we were in a reclaimed area. I was lying down in garbage, you know. And, you know, the production manager made sure that, okay, Jamie needs a shower. Because honestly, he's been lying down in garbage, and that's not curated garbage. That was actual garbage. Garbage, you know garbage, talaga. That was garbage, garbage, talaga. So little things like that will motivate your people, and you know that's one thing that um, I'm so glad that this track in uh, that you're teaching Archipelago is is it's so important. I can't I can't emphasize, guys, how important this track is because we need more of that, and it's a chance to you know, belong to a, an amazing creative field and it's a chance to take care of people. And more often than not, I don't I don't remember whether I'm working as a safety officer or as an actor, I might not remember the names of everybody that I'm either acting with, you know, or 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 the, the all the names of the cam dep, but you will always be remembered if you took care of your people well. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, you'll always be remembered if you didn't take care of them well. So take care of your people well. So, Jack, that's that's all the time we've got tonight, man. Uh, it's been wow. amazing. We can oh, just go on and on and on. I know we can't. We haven't even touched on our shenanigans in high school, but that's, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so jag you know thank you so much guys check out check out his class make things happen an intro to production management and it's going to be a fantastic class jag thank you so much for saying yes hey, thanks for having me, man. and that uh, you stay safe and i i hope to see you face to face one of these days yeah, yeah. and we can we can swap stories definitely definitely <laughs> you take care bro okay right. you guys take care take care everyone thanks for having me here sign up Ladies, yeah, yeah, please do sign up for the class. Ladies and gentlemen, Jag Garcia. Yeah. Thank you, Jag. Wow, man. That was that was amazing because, I mean, you know, uh, things that you know and learn from experience, I think that's what um, takes you to the next level. Uh, when, you, when, you, um, when you go into a class and you take a class, uh, a track on Archipelago, um, these are actual people who are not, like I said, not only belonging to their respective fields, but who are successful. That means you're going to learn a ton of things based on just their experience alone. So, hey, make sure to check out their social media pages or go to the website, archipelago, archipelago.com for more details on JAG's class and all the other courses you might want to take. That's all the time we have tonight. So thank you so much to Offshore Music. Thank you so much to Buenos Dias Panaderia. Ah, constant happiness. That's another thing. Not just flat tops, but if you send me Milo Buns in the set, I will love you forever. Thank you so much to our friends from Liquor.ph, Colab Asia, Anchor Podcast. Man, hey, if you ever want to make a podcast, it's never been easier. Make sure to check out uh, the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. It's the easiest way to make a podcast either from your phone or from your computer. It is smooth like butter, baby. So thank you so much to Anchor by Spotify. And of course, thank you to our new partners, Archipelago. So, hey, thank you for tuning in to On The Rocks. I'm Jamie Wilson reminding you to please stay safe, stay strong, and stay sane. Keep on rocking and keep on rolling. And if all else fails, man, let the music keep you going. And if you find that life has gotten you shaken or stirred, mixed up, or on the rocks, what matters most is that you take your shot. Thank you very much, guys, and good night. On The Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you.